Hola, Filterinos, and welcome to the Pop Filter Podcast, the progenitor of the superhero show show, Nay Hour Hour, Movie of the Year, Nutflex and the OCD. This is the only podcast conglomerate with the science and the screaming to determine what the greatest piece of pop culture has been for this entity's existence. While Movie of the Year is currently covering 1975 and the superhero show show is digging to the comic book-based shows and comic book property-based shows out currently, in these bonus shows we're going to be figuring out and celebrating 10 years of your pop filter by figuring out the best albums, TV comedies, TV dramas, and movies from 2011 to 2020. <sighs> Tonight, we are focused on the albums of those 10 years, and I'm your host, pop filter co-founder, Mike Gravano. Applause. Applause. Yeah! Uh, with me for over a decade is one Ryan R. Grumpus. Well, it's not over a decade, because this is our 10th year anniversary, so... I wish I knew how to count, and I'm going to blame Core, and not that I'm bad at math. Is this our 10-year year? anniversary was summer 2020, because that's how years actually work. What a bomb to drop right now at the start of this. This is year 11. In all fairness to me, I started planning these shows in 2019. That is true. And then forgot why I started planning so early. <laughs> uh, incredible intro, Mike. First of all, thank you for having me. Uh, incredible intro uh, brought a tear to my eye not just to hear about all of the shows and all of the intros slammed together but also just so many failures in your thing just so many failed projects and bad ideas just because things lasted all of those lasted at least a year that's not a failure in podcast nor relationships if it's more than three months it's a success do we have a movie is there a movie based on netflix no we're failures oh so we will never well you're a new daddy there's not a movie based on your fucking kid you failure Yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, how and why did we get here, Ryan? Um, like, how? Why did we do this for ten years? Yeah, origin, origin <laughs> of pop filter. How did how and more importantly, why? Okay, so uh, Mike and I would have conversations about pop culture, look around, and be like, we would finish the conversation, and be like, ta da, <laughs> and everyone would applaud, and then we would say, what do you guys think we should do? a podcast and they would be like yes you absolutely they should. said what's a podcast and we said well right now it's mostly tech geeks and comedians that are out of work and they went what <laughs> and we always said wait is that like internet radio yes. it's really important to say that anytime somebody says podcast and five years in and people went it's not like internet radio and we, went, we never said it was <laughs> so i think that like so many people just sort of question the whole thing of like how do, why do you think that you're so important and what you talk about is so important that you need to record it for posterity's sake and we never asked each other that we were no just like, Fuck we yeah we do no we looked at each other and went we talk about movies and tv and music too much and it's taking over that. our lives we either need to stop consuming and talking about it or double down put it out for the public and as much as podcasting is almost ruined our marriages i do think that it sort of saved it because our wives are sick of being asked like do you think Stanley Kubrick would like me? Like, do you think we would? They hang just out? keep punching us in the face every yeah. time, and it brought them together. Uh, I've moved all around while you're just you've just grounded here, and maybe that says you're stable or I'm adventurous. Who knows what it means? But I do think we are better friends with this show than without it. Less so now after that sentence. Oh, I meant yeah. this specific show. I thought saying that would really bring us together. But that's a good point, though. Your uh, need to fulfill this fucking uh, endless hole in your heart by moving mm -hmm. around, thinking that will fix the problems in your life, uh, it it hasn't hurt our podcast. You know, no, like, our two man basketball team really suffering yeah. from you moving around we are both one manners on our separate coasts uh and we get the shit kicked out of us yeah and not just like on the court like uh, afterwards they beat us up <laughs> for daring them 
Uh, I also want to talk about like how great the technology is because there is no delay these days. Internet rules versus Skype. When I was in New York in my kitchen, I would have to unplug my refrigerator every time we recorded. Uh, get drunk, forget the food would go bad, get in a fight. I guess that's why that relationship ended. Uh, and just it would take five hours to record a one hour show. Yeah. So often Skype would be like, you know what? No. And then it would just close. It, just, it wasn't going to do it. And then we went, oh, all right. Don't you miss the. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, it's where where the AOL sound still sounds chills down my spine. The boo boo boo, like just like ooh, now we're doing it. Now we're about to talk. We I think have talked enough to each other. Let's not do it at all the rest of the night, Ryan. Uh, we d- are not here alone. I want to do OCD again. Okay. Today, yeah. <laughs> uh, we are not here alone in this room, and we have not been alone on this journey. Uh, we have numerous special guests. And more guest family. Let's do it. I'm going to just lean into Mush. Uh, our special guest, as I introduce each one of you by name, what has 10 years of pop filter meant to you? Starting with all the way from the superhero show show's very own host, Cassie Davis. <laughs> I can't tell you, uh, 10 years ago, I was but a wee little baby, uh, barely out the womb. And it, it <laughs> changed my life. I knew, I didn't know what pop filter was, but I knew there was something in the air that was like, this is a big thing and that you need to be a part of it. And there was always a siren call. And I didn't feel like I was home until I was at your pop filter, oh I could say. God. I'm going to cry. <laughs> Yeah, I'm here for. Is this one scored? Are we getting points on this one? (laughs) Beat that shit, Jason Noble. (laughs) Oh yeah, we'll also be talking shit on people who are no longer with us. Uh, Next, all the way down from down the hall, movie of the year's own Gregory Online. I should do that more and more for every voice I say. Yeah, okay. Yeah, really get everybody hyped up if at all possible. What has Pop Filter meant to me? It's given me an opportunity to concentrate on what I really like. What I what I like is talking to my friends. And what I don't like is superhero shows or uh, <laughs> anything associated with superheroes. I like movies. Yeah. But I don't like any TV that is about a comic book, any show that's on the CW. Mm-hmm. Like I, These are the things that I've actively learned while being on yeah. the show. I was just saying to Mike this morning that, like, man, Greg quit superhero show show. And I have never seen anybody express less regret about anything oh, yeah. than that decision. Infamous nice guy. <laughs> Nothing but awful things to say every time on that show. No, I, I, I mean, I, I loved being on the show. I right. loved that part of it. But the part where it was like, where ri- watching Riverdale was the highlight of your week. <laughs> like, it would get to, you get to the end of Riverdale and you're like, it's not going to fucking get better than that. It's going to get significantly worse constantly. Yeah, but I would, you know, have some incredible thesis statement about this week's episode of Arrow and then Mike would just, you know, double up on, like, how incredible he, incredibly he was able to analyze it and then it would cut to Greg and be like, what the fuck are we doing? This like, rich asshole's in a leather hood. Yeah. What are we doing? I was literally every week saying, let's not watch any of these shows ever. <laughs> you guys, what if we were just friends and hung out and you're like, what? And then I finally realized like, oh, I just shouldn't be on this show. <laughs> but I do think that was all part of our trick, which is to get Greg to love movies even more. Yeah. Which right? totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which has totally happened. I mean, I, I, I am so in love with movies. Yeah. And it's 100% because of movie of the year. Your joy of movies makes me angry because I don't feel that much joy about anything. And you're just like, ah! All right. From, I I think it's safe to say, at least our cousin podcast, if not our little sister podcast from all the way across. Is it in the 909? It has a real 909 energy. (laughs) 
And maybe that's because of this panelist is McKenna, a.k.a. Books from the Unnatural 20s. I just have to make a correction here. It is now officially the 951. Uh, get it right. And 10 years of your pop filter. All my life, um, I, I've always been really called quiet. And, you know, it, like Cassie said, a decade ago, Annoying. I was a complete infant. infant. And uh, I think now we can know that I was just really saving my voice to be on your pop filter. I just had to be obnoxious as possible for these yeah. moments. We, we In so many of the pop filter shows, we do awards. That's what we like to do is, is ranking and give things away. On the few off-air awards, McKenna has won best guest voice of the superhero show show <laughs> because she claimed laryngitis, but we know she housed two fucking cartons of Marlboros, and it still goes down. It is still talked about in the halls of pop culture studio, and she's just like, he has the thing about the flash. <laughs> One of the That's top another thing I love life. about podcasting, too, though. It- <laughs> is that uh, in any other hobby or sport or activity or whatever, you just say, no, I can't. But with podcasts, you're like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. I just lost an arm. I can't <laughs> talk right now. I'll fucking do it. I don't know anything about the topic. I don't really have a take on it at all. <laughs> no, I'll make one up. Uh, I think McKenna's legacy for me is that she was probably the first guest. Like, going through Moody and our more serious shows, um, I will go on a 10-minute rant that will borderline make literally no sense like like they, <laughs> like the, the words don't connect and mike and greg have gotten so good at like so anyway and we're two, we are we are too supportive of yeah. friends we are definitely enablers at this point and mckenna i think it was the first person to be like hold up hold up what <laughs> what the fuck was that you guys are just gonna let that go why were those words in that order <laughs> Our final guest for this show, there will be various guests from across a decade uh, throughout this run. Our final guest for this show, I would say we, it is easy for podcasters to get up their own butts uh, and pretend what they're saying matters at all. And I think somebody who is a fucking gem at letting us know, oh, you think this 1989 mixtape is really that important? <laughs> you guys. And I don't mean this as an insult. Also from the Unnatural 20s is Caitlin McDougall. Hello, and thank you for letting me bring chaos for the past couple of years. <laughs> just the pure <laughs> And really order. just fuck up your mixtapes and coming in with like just vengeance at your mixtape for no reason. But okay. it's also what I want at a party. I want halfway through the party to be like, I get the vibe of this whole party. And then you, both in real life and on a mixtape episode, are just like, no, you fucking don't. <laughs> I will change the temperature of this room. She's got that Loki energy. Yes. She's an agent of chaos. Caitlin taught me that no matter what year's mixtape we do, no matter what year it is, the California Raisins had a song that year. <laughs> yes, they sure did. And it was iconic and remembered by all of us and loved. So, uh, Caitlin, 10 years of pop filter. 10 years of pop filter. Uh, it's It's been a long time. And uh, I remember listening to your show and being just like looking at the number of episodes that you guys have been doing. None of these are compliments. It all sounds like it. And I was like, Wow, these guys are really experienced. So then I went to your guys' live show in you know, the one time and I was like, Wow, these guys really know what they're doing. You guys seem like you were like doing really cool things and then you guys had me on the show and I was like, Wow, cool. I get to be part of this and I I got to be part of fucking everything up and Wait, I really just enjoy that. I kept waiting for the foot to drop. Like, yeah. and I saw the live show and went, Oh, I can do this. Oh my first response <laughs> when she better. said no. like <laughs> she listened to the whole catalog or saw how many shows, my thought no, was I did man, not. these men have no fucking lives. But she went compliment. Yeah. yeah. 
This is our life. I don't understand what you mean, no life. It, this is the life. Uh, thank you all for being here. I love you in varying degrees. Uh, I hate one of you. And I'm pumped to do this tonight. We are going to talk about the subject I think we're all most comfortable about. Music. Albums. Everybody knows how to talk about it. If somebody's like, that song has angular guitars, everybody goes, for sure, I know what that means. Totally understand. But we are going to wade our way through through the 16 albums that collectively uh, identify the 11 years, 10 years of Pop Filter. Uh, we will be saying what each year represents. And some of our guests got to say, hey, 10 years is not enough for a bracket. Here's a goddamn album. You guys are dumb for not giving enough credit to. Well, I mean, to be fair, the brackets do have to have a certain amount of yes. things in it. So we can't have a 10-thing bracket. You can't have a 10-thing bracket. I think a lot of people think that we could and then i would just say you don't know enough about brackets then i'm gonna be honest for nine years i kept saying but why don't we just do seven yeah <laughs> and you're like it's we, i thought we covered brackets man and i was like yeah numbers okay Mike, so you have already proved that you cannot count to 11 on show, so. <laughs> no, no i'm aware i'm a mathist uh and with that we're gonna take the longest break in the world and then dive in to the albums of the last 10 years well that is very very funny or very sad and perhaps now you have something to think about or very problematic and perhaps we have something to think about but in any event i'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to so why not check us out on the social media you can go to instagram or twitter and find us at your pop filter email contacts at your pop filter hey everybody keep watching them movies round one battle one is run the jewels RTJ2. Yes, Mike. What is that album? It is. I'm going to give a little bit of what I'm going to say away. It is their first official album after a series of mixtapes, Killer Mike and LP. And if you're a dork like me, this is the album that made you get into this duo. I don't want to give this battle away, but this is, I think, the most played song on my Spotify for the last 10 years. Versus Passion Pit's Gossamer. What is that one? I once saw Passion Pit at Coachella before it was cool. I bought Coachella tickets three days before Coachella happened. It was not sold out yet. MGMT was there. They sucked. Passion Pit, the better MGMT. Oh, you heard it here. Is this the song? You know what, Ryan? Take a walk. <laughs> Not yet. Mm-hmm. You hold off on that walk. Um, why don't we talk about Passion Pit a little bit? I have a sentence for you. And then we can talk about Passion Pit. And if you're a longtime listener, you know what that yeah. means. <laughs> 2014's album of the year, Run the Jewels 2, elevated the band's popularity with their first non-mixtape. Caitlin's pick, Passion Pit's Gossamer, was the band's second album released in 2012 and also elevated their popularity while maturing their lush electropop sound. Caitlin, why this album? Why is this an album from the last 10 years we needed to talk about? Um, So I think there was a lot of great albums that have made the list before, but this one personally resonated with me a lot. And it's just one of those that I love to put on and just like, 
either dance around alone or just dance around in the car too. And I think it needed to be hear- heard by more people. Um, because I-, I know the song Take a Walk was definitely big, but the whole album, I feel like, is just a bunch of fun electronic songs yeah. that just get you hyped. And not like the... Again, I'm a dork, so that's when I think electronic. But I do think they these are pop artists who crush making electronic music the electronic they're kind of slowish sometimes but they still like get you hyped in a weird way and, and it's like i don't know what you're saying but i do like this the lyrics though are like depressing <laughs> yes. oh fair against all of that really like upbeat mm-hmm. electronica yeah yeah there's a crazy thing where like you feel like it's a very optimistic band just by the beat and then once you pay attention to the lyrics you're like oh my god yeah <laughs> that's where it hit me again it's like oh, i like this and then i was like oh shit i feel this and <laughs> And then books, how do you feel about Passion Pet? I think they are just endlessly enjoyable until you pay attention to the lyrics. But um, <laughs> they're, they're someone that I do listen to. They kind of fade into the background for me, though. Overall, as an album, mm. I don't think you latch onto it and remember it as one of the top albums from the decade. Right. There's there's definite standout songs that I think are are worth going back to and versus that their old album the album before this was fun but this was elevated from what was that band that did like the Fireflies a million hugs Owl City and this, like Passion Pit leaned a little too Alice City on their first album and this they're like well we're adults uh, and I, I think it's well worth listening to but Run the Jewels two also came out in those ten years and I don't want to put my money or my thumb on the scale because I don't know how scales work. But I would say it's a safe bet to maybe say RTJ could take this whole fucking thing. I think that there might be an argument for artist of the decade mm, for us. Yeah. I think that there might be mm. a, somebody, a couple of other people that come up. But I think that like there's no artist or group or band or whatever you want to call it that is more referenced, more like Brother Jewel is just our fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. They're one of the most respected too. Like it's one of the bands where you know they put out an album and it's gonna have it's gonna be good. Like it, it, we've had albums that don't stand up to specifically like this one as well, mm-hmm. but it's still a solid, really good album. And this yeah. one was just it was amazing when this came out. And Killer Mike is basically like a philosopher and yes. potential mm-hmm. future politician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in the summer of 2020, when everything was just an absolute mess, he was like one of the most clear and like concise voices about what was going on and i really felt like he was like saying like why is it me why do i have to be the person that does this i'm killer mike i'm a rapper but like nobody like nobody else can talk any sense right Mm -hmm. now not that lp is our flavor flav but we definitely needed a new public enemy and that's what they became and it does feel like and not knowing that what jamie i mean jamie brings so much to the table but like Mike does feel like the political thrust and Jamie's like, I'm going to give you the sickest beats so people yeah. are distracted and kind of want to dance while you're giving us our modern day MLK speech. Do you like it though that like throughout every song he just says that into the mic? <laughs> yes. Doesn't that suck? <laughs> <laughs> that Killer Mike rubs it into his face a little. And Killer Mike's just like, shut the Oh, I thought you were. LP's like, I'm less good than you. Just so we're clear, I'm a clear number two. But in, in, oh, <laughs> oh, is he in the room? LP, maybe. All right, it is time to vote. Books, Passion Pits, Gossamer, or Run the Jewels Two. Who's moving on? Passion Pits, a great. They have a great album here, but it's definitely Run the Jewels. Fast, Greg, Run the Jewels. Ryan? I don't know what the fuck a passion pit is. It's Ryan <laughs> <Jules>. <laughs> Caitlin? Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with my pick, passion pit. I like, you know what? I like the loyalty. 
and Cassie. Uh, yeah, run the jewels. Yeah, it is run the jewels. Obviously, moving on to the next battle. Next up, round one, battle two. Janelle Monae's Dirty Computer, a controversial artist with the people specifically in this <laughs> show. It is divided, I'd say, almost in half the people who slobbed all over this album and everything she's done and the people who are just like, uh, no thank you and you're dumb if you like it. Versus, and I didn't even mean to set this up, but versus Taylor Swift's 1989. This truly does feel like movie of the year versus the unnatural 20s on these two. You know what's fucking stupid, Mike? What? Having six people on a show where we vote. <laughs> I'm the host, so I either don't vote or vote twice. We'll see. 2018's album of the year, Dirty Computer, saw Janelle Monet pushing even further into experimenting with genre bending while simultaneously becoming more vulnerable than her Android persona from previous albums. Book's pick, 1989, saw Taylor Swift taking in her reputation and the world's view by the horns while fully leaving country crossover behind and embracing synth pop. Books, 1989, Taylor Swift, why does it deserve to be talked about for the last 10 years of music? I think this is a clear, like timeless and nearly perfect cohesive pop album. It is everything that pop should be. It's arguably her top three albums. And if we're talking just like 2010, um, before Folklore and Evermore, the top album. Um, yes, just, it's a gem. Sure. Th- this is the one. I think this might be the last physical CD I bought. I heard Blank Space and drove to a Target <laughs> when we still thought it was cute to oh, say shit, Target. Shit, 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 hold on. Uh, it's important that uh, everybody knows that I started vinyl collection. I have this on vinyl. So, oh, <laughs> why am I talking at all, Ryan? <laughs> Uh, and, and play this nonstop until my now wife, after a few weeks of it, she was like, I might not want to date you. <laughs> like, we might be done if you don't turn this off. And then when never, or when, when her next two albums out, she's like, did you know Taylor Swift is really good? I was like, you always do this. I tried to show you Liz. Never mind. That's not what we're here to talk about. I am also in a relationship where I like Taylor Swift more than my lady wife does. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always a little awkward because it, it, it's like, come on, aren't we both hyped? And she's like, no. <laughs> but I do think, like, uh, more confidence than anybody since, like, Len, that uh, you will come around. You can fight it now, yeah. but you will fucking come around. I swear, I fought it, and I came around. And, and I, I do think an artist with her kind of career, she has an album for you. She, she is, in the, in the pop world, pretty experimental. And what I like is she doesn't seem like that on the surface at all. Oh, yeah. 
Taylor Swift. Okay, so when I heard that 1989 was going to be on this, I was like, well, but Taylor Swift has so many other great albums. Am I mad because this one? So then I started listening and I was like, no, 1989 was a really fucking good album and it fucking bumped. And I feel like Taylor Swift always, like you were saying, has an album that fits any kind of situation or as you're growing, like, oh, I'm here with you, Taylor. Like Mm -hmm. it's Taylor Swift really fucking gets in. She's really good with lyrics and then also does a great job at pairing the music with it so my girl my fucking girl my i love her girl. i love her the summer this came out this was like the boy trip album <laughs> yes and that's that, the kind of guys we are yeah that gave that boy trip a very specific energy speaking of boys though the boys that are on like talked about in this album i feel like that's a whole separate part of this album itself mm. is the pop culture that surrounded it and trying to figure out what each song who it was about, what mm. situation, and like reading into the the music videos and everything like that. There's a whole song called Style on this album about Harry Styles very clearly <laughs> and how horny she is for him. And I just, well. I was like, ooh, Taylor Swift is horny. <laughs> yes, this was the album she let us know she's horny. Yeah. Uh, books, I would mm-hmm. say, I think this is a great entry into the fight. Defend New York. <laughs> Defend New York. Defend the, the New York, the opening song. Welcome to New York. Oh, welcome to New York. Welcome to New York just kind of invites you into the feel of the whole album, which is very much like Taylor saying, hey, we can all celebrate something about ourselves here and we can all individualize but also come together. Because this was the start of like Taylor's girl gang kind of movement too. <laughs> so I love the most it, famous person for having a girl gang that nobody can name anybody else in the gang. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Elizabeth Taylor, Catherine Hepburn. I, yeah. can't, I can't remember. Yeah. All the all the greats. Athena, goddess <laughs> of wisdom. We are talking a lot about Taylor Swift. Unnatural 20s. Does that make you nervous? No. Okay. <laughs> because she is up against Janelle Monae's Dirty Computer 2014. If I remember correctly, uh, we were all friends at this point. We've been friends a long time. Yeah. Uh, and we were up its butt. Uh, we being movie of the year boys, and I'm gonna say it is too sexual. I'm putting it out there. That is yeah. why the U20s did not like it. Because didn't Caitlin say that? I yeah, did. Directly? Yeah. yeah, we're quote not like me. Quote me. No, I'm just trying to remember. I think I need to separate myself from this because Dirty yeah. Computer is one of my favorite albums. Oh, so I, I'm Caitlin's not. The... Opinion was so loud. I did put it on all of you. No, no, no. When yeah. we did this. Caitlin ran around the room. She's like, "I'm Caitlin. This is too sexual." And then she ran to the side <laughs> like, "I'm McKenna. This is too sexual." <laughs> I remember Mike, no, you I, came and you came and you were like, you're going to love this one. And then everyone's like, Caitlin, you're going to love this. And I was like, I don't like it. And we like just met. It was just so dancey and groovy. And I yeah. was like, I don't know this girl that well, but I think she really likes to dance and bop. Yeah. And it's one of the most boptastic albums of the decade. Weren't you listening to it at work? Me? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I pictured you listening to this at work and just being like sinking down into your oh. chair. <laughs> Why don't you just singing about cunnilingus? Just so everybody knows, Caitlin's day job is DJ at a strip club. So yes. that does make sense. Come to the stage. Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin, dang, hey, you got the voice. <laughs> also, we are talking about uh, a Caitlin from like eight years ago. Yeah. You know, like maybe the album grew on her. No. <laughs> I, I tried. The voice like, crack there was perfect. No, no, because no. I tried. I was like, maybe it's different now. Like, I don't know. No, I just, it doesn't vibe with me. Yeah. Like, the, the music is good, but I just don't. I, even if without listening to the lyrics, I just don't. It doesn't vibe with me. I think the Dirty Computer is the closest that we might get on this bracket to, uh, uh, like, awesome songs all the way down, like hits, bop, singles, mm. 
and also at the same time a piece of complete art. Oh, for sure. Yeah. This a lot of albums will pick one of those two things to be. Yes. This one does it both. She, and she was definitely like, uh, I don't think we had Lost Prince yet, but she was like, we're gonna, right? Like, and she was like, here's your Prince album for the new millennium. Like, and I think balancing the, the Prince-like guitars and the dancey grooves uh, and the, she did drop the Android shit, which I don't say shit like derogatorily. That, that stuff is awesome. But she was just like, I'm Janelle. <laughs> like, and Greg, you look like you wanted to say something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love this album. It, it's a powerful, like, claiming of, of sexual identity. If Taylor Swift told us on 1989 that she was horny, Janelle Monet showed us what real horniness really is and like a, a sort of yeah a sort of all inclusive horniness and i like what uh ryan said about that that it is also then very fun right to listen to uh and the, it, it does feel like a fully realized project and yeah one of maybe like two albums that we're going to be talking about that like art seems to be like the the way to frame it mm-hmm. you know that like a really completely realized full piece of capital a art I'm also going to give bonus points too, and this goes to both ladies, Janelle and Taylor. Um, I'm on a first name basis with both of them. Uh, I like releasing an album in the last decade and having a full fleet of music videos to come with them. Yeah. I think that's fucking sweet. Mm-hmm. That is the bold new era. After people were like, "Music videos dead," there's a bunch of artists who went, "No, it's fucking not." Not when you got this big pair of pink pants. <laughs> <laughs> it is time to vote, Caitlin. I think I know where are you going. Uh, Taylor Swift, 1989. All right, Greg. Oh, it's uh, Dirty Computer for me, for sure. Cassie. Uh, there was initially, there was a smear campaign in uh, my household against uh, Janelle Monet, so I wasn't allowed to listen to it, actually. <laughs> so I then I, I have come back to it, so now I'm going to vote Janelle. No! Hell yeah! Major coup here. And I, I think this is going to be the hardest decision. It is an album you love versus the album you picked. Books. This is really tough because, yeah, I'm a huge Taylor fan. I think this is one of her best albums. But if we're talking about perfect, near perfect album and art, I think it's Janelle Monet. I like, I like the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not transparency, integrity. Yeah, I like right? the integrity that you bring to the game. So you compliment Caitlin for picking her pick and then McKenna for not. Yeah, I have loyalty, no integrity. integrity. <laughs> loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. I am, oh, not yet, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I am only giving compliments. Uh, cool. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Ryan, I love you. <laughs> I think it's clear, but Ryan, who would you have picked? Um, I love that Taylor Swift album. I do think that this is the one that like got me into her, like where I oh, said, yeah. let's just see what's what surrounds the singles. Cause the singles were so good from this. Mm-hmm. Like they were so good. And then I like this uh what surrounded them even more, especially the New York song. And just oh, it sucks. Here's what here's what New York is like. Even I out of the woods, which is lame, I love. It's so nice to finally be welcomed thank to New York, yes, okay? You, By the ambassador of New York, Taylor Swift, and we're all... I mean, I don't know what you have a problem with. I just Mike. think there wasn't pizza rat, there wasn't piss-covered trash She never said, mounds. I'm walking here. She never walked here. I don't think she's been to New York. I will say, maybe expand your horizons. I think like, it's welcome, welcome to, to New, York, Cincinnati, New York, Taylor. <laughs> she's just about the casino in Las Vegas. All right, Janelle Monet's Dirty Computer moves on. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, round one, battle three. Hola, Felterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There, depending on what tier you pick, $1 a month, $5 a month. If you 
crazy anything more than $5 a month. Don't do that. You can get extra content. There's extra shows, extra series, uh, behind the scenes stuff. Uh, you could pay for Ryan to draw you a picture. Uh, I can write you a poem. You can get the shirts off our very own backs. All of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash your pop filter. While you're on the internet, you should check out Shady Monk. He does all the tunes you've been listening to. He's on Bandcamp, he's on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, wherever kids get their music these days that I'm too old to know. Shady Monk lives there. Uh, you can probably follow him on Twitter and Instagram as well. That's Shady Monk, wherever you get music. Round check one, out. battle three. Fiona Apples, fetch the bolt cutters of 2020. <laughs> the album title was taking from i want to say a show called the fall the line is fetch the bolt cutters and get yourself out of that fucking situation which i'm gonna say spring of 2020 we couldn't but it was the energy we needed she was the bolt cutters she fetched herself got us all out of the situation with little joy this album was going up against fka twigs second album magdalene the UK artist also grew in popularity and vamped throughout her career. <laughs> this album is based on her breakup of Robert Pattinson. This is the weird shit versus weird shit <laughs> battle. What a fucking power couple. Like what a like, could I please come to your dinner party couple? Uh, Fiona and no, no, Robert Pattinson oh, and FKA yes. Twigs. Yes. I, I'd be cool enough, right? I think so. I think they'd be like, he's cool. He'd be friends with us. Eight years after Idler Wheel, Fiona Apple released the 2020 album of the year, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, and took the music world by storm with her controlled improvisations, household percussion, and confinement themes as it was serendipitously released during quarantine. She recorded it not knowing we'd all be in quarantine. She's a witch, but she's not like a future <laughs> predictor. <laughs> With 2019's album of the year, Magdalene FK Twigs fully succumbs to the heartache and beauty of lost love. Oh, this fucking song. <laughs> lost love while putting every genre into a goddamn blender. And nobody talk, because this song will make me fall to my knees and cry every time I listen to it. When all I do is they wanna see Caitlin, I'm gonna say king of hating the weirder shit some of us on these shows are into how are you feeling right now since this is a weird shit album versus a weird shit album so i actually really like fk twigs really like this album i really really enjoyed fiona apples on the other hand i didn't like which it's i think what? it's like yeah i know i know i know we have fiona <laughs> apple fanboys here you're all gonna be fucking sorry. mad at me it was reflexive i'm sorry <laughs> I, I, what do you be? I mean, obviously they're they're different genres. They're yeah. they're definitely different artists. But what what does it for you for with FKA Twigs that Fiona does not? Um, I think it's just you know how people like appreciate different art. I just really liked FKA Twigs much better. Oh, whereas the dogs specifics. barking of the fetch bolt bull cutters <laughs> wasn't for me. To, you tend I, to like like electronica more, right? Yes. Rather than like like actual cabinet slamming and recording them. <laughs> yeah. But so like so FKA Twigs like it d- digs so deep into that and yeah. like has it's so much layered electronic mm-hmm. sound that mm-hmm. I, I think it's just like a, a Caitlin specific sound. Yeah. yeah. I think FKA Twigs invites you in more to her pain. Mm-hmm. Whereas Fiona Apple kind of fooled you at a distance and like tells you you're supposed to figure it out on your own and I'm not gonna help you out there. Um uh, which makes it just McKenna- a little more accessible. 
Ken, okay, I totally agree with you if you switch the names that you said. <laughs> then I absolutely agree with you 100%. Uh, uh, there is not a single feeling that Fiona Apple has ever had that we don't totally know about, and that's why I love her. But her music doesn't immediately... Because there's so many other elements going on in there, it, it can be a little bit harder to immediately... It's get there whereas like okay twigs like you hear cellophane and you're like i'm dying mm-hmm. See, so, okay so i understand what's going on it's just that like musical artists they like listen to their song and they're like wait hold on uh slam some covered doors now it's for smart people and that's why you guys don't get it <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think it's it's sonically fiona leaves a little tour into the bjork of is this a song <laughs> well, honestly i think just that the way that she does it is by banging cabinets right. or playing the piano very hard or by vocal, like, uh, weird vocalizations. Whereas the way FKA Twigs does it is by layered electronic sounds. Yes. So yeah. it's just like, a, and I think for us, there is a continuity with Fiona Apple. Like, yeah. we have been there album after album after album. And so because of that, like, we don't need any sort of entry into it. Every point we've been, she's been in her womanhood, we've been in our womanhood at the same time. Yeah, basically. Like, but is this almost like a practical effects versus CGI? Like the three yeah. older people who are it, like, I like when you made the noises yourself. It legit <laughs> might be a generational divide here. And younger people are like, and this is crazy because like, FKA Twigs rules. Like, yeah. yeah. She's uh, one of my favorites. But, this shit's uh, hard because we love both artists. Right. But I, I, we're like, you made that with a computer and it wasn't even dirty? That's, no, that's stupid. <laughs> Look, if you're going to play with a computer better be dirty but like fiona apple is my age right so like we grew up together oh man so she, like, she's more successful than you a little no, bit we'll I, a see little bit. Okay. Okay. Jury is she married <laughs> to kelly no J-Lo right i'm killing it that's to regard. greg's voice saying heck yeah <laughs> we'll see <laughs> it, it it is fk twigs has never written a song about largo my favorite theater in the united states of this america and fiona apple has so i don't know oh my god fuck uh, i'm so sorry I, I do own Fetch the bo- uh, Bolt Cutters on vinyl. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Did he think? Uh, <laughs> Somebody different will get a point every time Ryan lists off his vinyl collection. Uh, Mike got it for Stephanie's birthday, so... Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I you were going to give that point to me. That's <laughs> nope. why I said there you go. Cassie. Yeah. Where are you leaning? For uh, It's voting time. It's voting time. For me, it is like... Yeah, I need always it. vote. Always vote. Yeah, register. So important. Just vote. Uh, or die. <laughs> <laughs> rock the vote. Look, vote or die. Hydrate or die. Rock Skate the hydration. Die. Uh, right. Every day. <laughs> Voting is not a crime. <laughs> Piracy is a crime. Uh, it's not a crime yet, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, for me, it is going to be uh, FKA Twigs. <laughs> Caitlin pumping her fist. Ooh, in the air. celebration, I think. <laughs> Caitlin. Well, I, I know. I think I know how this is going to go. And I'm... I mean, I'm going to choose FKA Twigs because I have, you know, gone to the fanboys, sold them to their face. I didn't like their favorite album. <laughs> so I'm here for I, FKA Twigs. I like to go to the most scared person in the room. So Ryan. <laughs> I, no, I'm freaking out. I think this I would know. be a huge upset. But uh, I like how Caitlin's like, I think I know how this is going to go. But your vote counts as much as all of ours. Like now FKA Twigs is 2 nothing. Just a jaded cynic. And now Caitlin. it's 2-1. <laughs> Because you're doing, you're fetching those bolt cutters. I'm fetching those bolt cutters. And you're getting bro. your shit out of this goddamn situation. I'm like Shamika. Thank you. I'm at the ballet because it's 2 2. I ah! also am fetched the bolt cutter. It's, it's a near thing for me, though, to be honest. Yeah. Like, oh, it's for not, sure. this is in, in no way a slam dunk, but yeah. Fetch the bolt cutter. is not Passion Pit. No. <laughs> oh, hey. Every show's got to have something to dunk on. to the ground. <laughs> Books. 
Uh, I'm gonna upset people here, but I'm going with FKA Twigs. Yeah. That oh is God. two to three. But I'm the goddamn host, and I'm voting. <laughs> and fetch the bolt cutters moves right. on. Always, always. Don't move, Chris. Chris, Chris, I don't know what we were chanting. Your next battle is round one. Battle four. Oh, yeah. Daft Punk Random Access Memories. Those late, great, robotic Frenchmen <laughs> did it again. <laughs> R.I.P. 2020 took so much, including Daft Punk. Fun fact, not my favorite French electronic duo. That Ooh, belongs to Justice. Justice, Justice is really dope. Justice fucks. Mike, would you like this better if it was Daft Pop Punk? Oh, shit. Oh. Why isn't that an album? <laughs> Up all night to get lucky. It's a little too hiccup. Versus Kendrick Lamar's Damn. Are you kidding me? Period. <laughs> and we're watching Kels- Cassie melt down in real time. Yeah. Look, folks, we're all going to have this battle that we don't want to ever have to have. <laughs> Books did fine with hers. How will Cassie react to this battle? I'm also on the ground. I said I'm geek and I'm fired up. All I want to not just get higher. Girl, you look so good, it's to die for. Food that pussy good, it's to die for. Yeah. Cassie's pick, Random Access Memories by Daft Punk, sees the French electro duo creating an ode to 1970s and 80s American music, giving the world the danciest blend of disco, prog rock, and pop it had ever, and will ever, declaring it now, seen. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar's damn 2017's album of the year saw Lamar continuing to evolve his storytelling prowess while losing none of his ferocious beats or sharp wit, became the first non-jazz or classical work to earn a Pulitzer Prize for music. Good job, Duckworth. Cassie. Yeah. You had a total meltdown. Sorry, I got lost in the groove. <laughs> it is your pick versus, yes. I think, an album you love dearly. It is. This is, I mainly, it felt wrong to talk about 10 Years of Music and not have uh, Daft Punk on there. Mm-hmm. But this album specifically, like this one, um, it stood out from the others because they told like a full story with it. Like the full thing builds. And it's one where they wanted to make sure that each, um, like each instrument has a clear, like it's almost one you could pull like tracks from in order to make samples of, and they wanted to make sure of that. Also, uh, there it's just like a clear, like there's so much fun in this one. While yeah. it's just like it puts you into the '80s and the '70s vibe fully. It's so crazy when somebody says like uh, this album is like an entire piece of art about an album that you like. It's like, yeah, totally. And if it's an album, about an album you don't care about, you're like, shut the fuck yeah, up. Dude. No, um, it's not. No albums are art. I do like specifically the song that's the bed of what we're talking about right now. These weird French guys who only wear robot masks are like, look, we got to get the only person with dumber headwear than us. <laughs> Pharrell, get over here on our song. Okay. They have some dumb songs, but if you give them, like all of them will build to a point where it, like, it will blow your mind. It's so good. No, I, I'm, I'm so ready for... So many fucking old ass, only old people still enjoy the songs that play at every wedding to go uh-huh. away, and it should be replaced <laughs> by Daft Punk. They are yeah. obviously our generation's dance at every party music. Oh, yeah. If but you- is this even their strongest album? 
It's not their strongest. No. Yeah. It is their most, like, if you go by, al- like, what a, I guess an album is, like, we tend to respect, like, storytelling mm. ones or ones yeah. that have, like, they set this out with a specific, it's made to be full, played out from the beginning how it is. Yeah. So, like, there is one, like, if you go off at that term of an album, this is their album, and I guess. I, yeah. <laughs> I do think it's their strongest, uh, or whatever, as far as, like, critics' top ten list, right. whatever that does for you. But that shit, like... That shit's such like a like a wave, you know. Like once, yeah. So that's hard to say. And that everyone put this one on there because they felt stupid about not putting the other ones on there. But I, I do think what, what we're doing here is what we do with every bracket is what defines. Normally, we're trying to define a, a sound of the year. I do think this versus their other albums or songs defines the existence of Pop Filter more than other Daft Punk. I couldn't name other Daft Punk songs the way I can name most of this album. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of them popped off kind of years after they first came out, too. So whereas this was like a very present, like, contemporary album. Like, while it was popular, it was, you know, all over the place and people were aware of it. And that was the same year it came out. Ryan, can I request to put um, this? I just need this on as many <laughs> podcasts move. as possible to uh, if for my funeral. If you can go to Giorgio Mordor on yeah. this album this and start it at like 140. So yes. like this is how my funeral it's needs specific, to go. Man. Like, <laughs> I know the sound of the future is the a synthesizer. But I the click on the track. This is like you guys need to be telling my, my life story Giovanni here. And whatever my biggest thing is that I've done in life like is about to be the drop. And then yeah. this is everybody groups. Oh, shit. And then Cassie was on the Pop Filter anniversary show. <laughs> You're peaking, Robot girl. This is it. This is it. I've made it. But but I've never said this before, like but Cassie, you have to die before me just so I can enjoy your funeral. You've <laughs> never said that before, yeah. but Kenneth says that, that all the time. <laughs> You're reverse Arya Stark. You wake up and say the list of people you hope die before you. You're not saying you'll kill them, but you're just like, I want true love is watching your friends die. It's just one person on the list. My motto. It's everyone. <laughs> Books. Random Access Memories goes up against Kendrick Lamar's Damn. Is this hard for you at all? It's a bit hard because I do think Access Memories is an album that has brought me a lot of like joy when I listen to albums, seeing how it does work cohesively. But it's not something that I'm stressing over, which I'm sure Cassie is. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I don't even think Cassie is like Cassie's like getting her yeah. Daft Punk out right now, and then let's just talk about him for a second. It's a okay, it's a shout out Daft Punk. Yeah. I think we're all down with that, but we it's just not need... a competition in any other way. What's so weird is out of all the albums on this bracket, the album with "Get Lucky" is the album that I feel more like appreciation as opposed to enjoyment or like. Mm. You know, I do feel like okay, I got like, it's a thinker's album. Th- yes, even though it has that like you know incredibly catchy wedding song yeah i think this is the one where like i'm glad i listened you know uh it's it's very impressive but i'm moving on the best daft punk album is the the live recording alive which is two of their cds sort of like mixed together and is the greatest thing i've ever heard in my life wait hold on let's what is that let me see if i can pull that up alive i I didn't hear about anything that greg said because kendrick's singing about simple syrup sandwiches They have that one of the albums is homework, and I can't remember what the other is, but they're like the kind of all of the songs are mixed together. That's cool, yeah. and uh, it's like it's great. It works out. What I what I wonder about all these CDs is, do they work out? Like, can you yeah. can you go to the gym listening to just this album? And Alive is one that you can totally just like work out to the entire time, if you can make it because it's like ninety minutes long. 
<laughs> oh, there was a brag. Somebody's got stamina. <laughs> when you dog it like I do, you can dog it for a while, buddy. It's weird that Greg always talks about going to the gym and calls it raw dogging it. <laughs> yeah, that, I thought that's what we all He's working out barefoot. Yeah. Get my toesies on the machinery. Also, Greg does not own a phone or an iPod. This is him singing these songs when he's at the gym. <laughs> for 90 at minutes straight? That's lung power. Around the world, around <laughs> the world. All right, it is voting time. You don't have to vote home, but, but you have to vote here. <laughs> cool host, bro. Greg. Damn. Oh, that's the, that is the name of an album we barely talked about. Caitlin. Damn. Cassie. It's damn. <laughs> Ryan. Do we have a clean sweep? I want to find out. Oh, yours is obviously damn, right? Yeah, otherwise, what a weird question. Yeah. I wouldn't know the answer to the question. <laughs> Books? It's a clean sweep. Damn. Daft Punk. I'm glad you're alive. But you're not. You're robots and you're not a group anymore. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. They, they you're gone. Is this your eulogy I'm, for damn? I'm not going to be great <laughs> at eulogies in general. Your next battle will take place after this break. Round one. Battle five. Vampire Weekends. Loud ass motorcycle. <laughs> I, I, I do have this on vinyl. AKA. Modern Vampires in the City. Those young preppersters from the Upper West Side. It's like what grad school sounds like. It's, a, it's like the slow motion shot from Reservoir Dogs, yes. but everyone's wearing two polos at the same time. <laughs> Versus our first doubled up artist but not only Fiona Apples, the Idler Wheel. You can just see her playing these. Just loud ass timpani. With her feet for Timpani some rule. The one drum you have the tune? That's crazy. Tune to notes. I know you have the tune drums. I'm not a fucking moron. <laughs> Don't write in, okay? Shut up. I feel like her albums teach you about music. I wasn't going to talk over that he excites me. Come on. It's so good. 2013's album of the year, Modern Vampires in the City, was... Which is, I believe, sorry, Mike, the last time that it wasn't a single female artist. Yeah, like a solo female. We artist. have a thing at your pop filter yeah. studios. It was the band's third release as they consciously try to grow from the established sound of their previous albums while losing none of their groove and sense of fun. 2012's album of the year, The Idler Wheel is wiser than the driver of the screw and whipping cords will serve you more than the ropes just, will ever do. Call it Idler Wheel. So I had to say the full name once. <laughs> Saw Apple fully in control of the chaos she previously brought to music with an added tinge of catchiness and pop sensibility to smooth out the weirdness without getting rid of it. <laughs> Ryan. I wish you would stop looking at me when you finish that. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I know you're a big fan of both of these albums. These are the, I think, the only back-to-back. These define an entire two-year period. Uh, we call it Mike's Dark New York Days <laughs> of Pop Filter. Welcome to New York. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like trash. That's your question. <laughs> okay, it smells like trash. Um, much like Run the Jewels, or maybe on a lower, slightly lower level, these two are such fucking pop filter bands. Yes. And Fiona Apple, I feel like we're very proud of. 
Whereas she's vamp- one of us. She did it. Vampire Weekend. We're like, can't not. You know, like I know it's so stereotypical. Are. It's like I, I feel like uh, we feel about Vampire Weekend the same way that we feel about Wes Anderson. Like, yes, we wish we could quit we it too. We know how annoying get they sound. the jokes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> But uh, these are both amazing. I think that I started to fall back on Idler because of how much I liked Fetch the Bolt Cutters, an mm. album that did move on. Okay. Did move on. I just, it was a little dicey there for a second. Um, but no, it's an absolutely incredible album. But I do think that like because of the way that we were raised and because of what we look like, Vampire Weekend's just in our blood. It's hard to deny. Well, they're vampires, so right. they're going to so, get yeah. in our blood one way or the other. And yeah. I do think this album, they were a band that I fought against liking for so long. And then this was like, okay, they got over their Paul Simon phase and they're adding in, they're like playing even more. Look, if you're our generation, you want Paul Simon, you want R.E.M., uh, they fucking do it, man. They they blend so many things it's from called past. called reappropriation. Right? They <laughs> reappropriate, but they're reappropriating Paul Simon, who originally reappropriated. Yeah, it doesn't count, doesn't count. World, no, that, that's just appropriation. Euphemism. They're oh, reappropriating. Like yeah, that. Okay, yeah it taking it back for themselves. Why don't we do this then? By After Daft Pop Punk, uh-huh. why don't we start Vampire of the Weekend? And it's just oh. Vampire Weekend songs in the style in of the, the style weekend. style of the weekend. So it's just like you do a bunch of blow and slow it down and just flash slow strobes while fucking play the song. The best part about that is Mike and I write the songs. We go into the recording studio and we look at each other and we're like, I don't know what the weekend is. Like, I, I, I don't, what are we supposed to do here? I've seen the album. Should we just make both of our faces bloody right I now? I saw Uncut Gems. Does that count? Yeah. You get his vibe. I'm going to stop talking now. Okay. I like it. I'm going to stop talking now. No, wait, I can't. I'm the host. Greg? Vampire Weekend, I think we like as much as anyone who's never been on a yacht possibly could. Uh, yeah. Like been on yeah. rowboats, yeah. slow boats, some fast <laughs> and, boats, but never a yacht. And not to brag, but like we've been around yachts, right? <laughs> we've never one. been on one, but like we've been adjacent. There's, there's some docks near us where you could get kind of close to some pretty nice yachts. Yeah. So I think that that's why we connect with Vampire Weekend. But would you like... Anti-vote? Like, just vote for the other thing so as to not like Vampire Weekend? No, I love Vampire Weekend. It's just like you said. It's sort of a... a, It's a little bit of a guilty pleasure. Uh, The whole Graceland thing was Mm -hmm. a little bit awkward, like when you're copying someone who's already doing a dirty. (laughs) I've heard a wise man told me it's reappropriating. Yeah. That makes it okay. (laughs) But this album, like, musically, I think is very, very strong. And it's fun. Like, it's fun to listen to. Yeah, so often a band is like, this is my mature album. And you're like, oh, it's going to fuck you, man. <laughs> like, And they, they didn't lose the fun at all. Like, totally. And, and they, I, I do think they're just like, you can't call them Wonderkins anymore. They're just like, I do think they're some of the greatest living musicians who still do like live band togetherness. Even though it isn't mostly Ezra these days. Nobody? All right. You guys, <laughs> I just, you guys are crazy for this. I'm going to let you guys talk about Vampire Weekend for long enough. This is fucking <laughs> yes, insane. I love it. <laughs> This is truly, this Jump is like, in. this is what's cool about the 10 year is you could see when we didn't come because the fact that <laughs> this was allowed to happen is wild. You, so it's not just that you don't care for this album. You think it sucks? It's, yeah. Vampire <laughs> Weekend sucks. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Uh, we're kind of cringe old people, so it's bad to happen. <laughs> I think they're closer in age to these guys than us, though. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> So you're saying Fiona Apple's the idler wheel. Blah, 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 blah. This is, in this instance, I this is a matchup where Fiona is going to get my vote. Ryan's just nodding. Caitlin. Yeah, I, I'm not a Fiona fan. I, Too dolphin-esque, I've heard, and, is how you describe her. 
more dolphins. Too many dogs, more dolphins is what I would give to Fiona as a note. Uh, but no, I, Vampire Weekend, I think it's just fun. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of one of those like Imagine Dragons kind of just like. Let's okay. do not put that yeah. radioactive shit. One in the same. Wow. I would say they're slightly better. Uh, but slightly I have with Cassie on this. They're not that great. I like them. Bananas. <laughs> they're boy hame. Uh, at one point, Vampire Weekend listened to world music. It, sure, it was called Now That's What I Call World Music, but they did listen to that album, and they made music like that, and so we're smarter than you guys. Look, they were they were co-classmates of mine at a school I'm not allowed to talk to about because I'm being told it's pretentious. I can't vote against my boys. <laughs> Books, it's voting time. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going with Fiona Apple. Gregory? Fiona Apple. Ryan? I also I want to uh, give props to Vampire Weekend for I think that everybody's band name should be uh, sound like an awesome '80s movie. Yes, like when you yeah, love yeah. the movie Vampire Weekend. Yeah, it's after Lost Boys blew up. Somebody's like, we can make that right. <laughs> it's Weekend of Bernie's mixed with Lost Boys. I'm taking a stand and say that Vampire. It's Fiona Apple. <laughs> Cassie, uh, Fiona assuming. Apple. Yeah, Caitlin. Vampire Weekend. That is <laughs> shocking. Do you like this album though? Fiona Apple's album? No, Vampire Weekend. I thought it was kind of fun. Like, you can dance to it. Yeah, yeah, that is the Caitlin bar, which is a fine bar to have, is can I dance? I think I can dance to Hot Butter, because <laughs> he's a hot knife, and that's going to make me dance. <laughs> it's not a clean sweep, but it's very close. It's Fiona Apple. <laughs> Do you guys think if Bad TV was still around, uh, we would have a Fiona Apple sings Christmas songs, and then Caitlin would just dolphin her way through Christmas songs? Yes. <laughs> it might sound a, a little, little something, something like this. <laughs> Round one, battle six, Beyonce's Lemonade. Another of the greats who went, music videos will never be dead as long as I am living. Did every song get one? Every song got one. This was, I think, a video album first. Man, I don't know who the guy is that she's singing about, but I would not want to be him. (laughs) (laughs) Who could it be? He's probably kind of a cuck and probably small-willed. I would lay low if I were him. I bet he gets the shit kicked out of him when he's in an elevator. <laughs> oh, yeah. he's pre- That's his kryptonite. This is versus Lord's Mellow Drama. Lord's A. The young New Zealander would go on to inspire Billie Eilish. She hasn't said that. That's just what Mike assumes because he's old. <laughs> they sound sort of similar. They're both young, right? Yeah, so. I think it's dark pop. Somebody else's car. It's people who sound like, hey, I know SoundCloud music has a certain sound but it also isn't good i'll do a good version of that this is i think uh she was 19 when this album came out so it's like her more mature album she knew more about the world man i uh sorry mike but uh i forgot about lord a little bit and forgot about her importance until she announced that she has an album coming out and then just watching the world be like yes yes yes." our lord and savior 2016's album of the year became Beyonce's most critically acclaimed album of her career as she crafted a cohesive collection of pop songs tackling infidelity, black love, slavery, and so much more, all via music videos. The songs are pretty okay, too. It's up against Greg's pick, Melodrama, which saw the young Kiwi wrestle with fame, heavy drinking, heartbreak, and solitude by way of bombastic, cathartic dark pop. Greg, why does Lord's Melodrama deserve to be discussed? I think because, as Ryan alluded to, when she announced that her new album was coming out and dropped her single, Solar, uh, the huge ripple through pop culture. And I think everybody, 
had sort of forgotten how much we all liked Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me just reflect on her again. And I thought, wow, you know, melodrama came out and it was like such an important album for me for like two weeks or three weeks. <laughs> and so in a way it encapsulates that time personally for me perfectly, but also it felt like I hadn't thought about it yeah. in a while. Uh, and musically, it's just very mature. And I see the connection to, to Billie Eilish because she's also a young artist. Yeah. And it's not just simply the fact that she's young that makes her interesting. It's that the music is very complex. Mm-hmm. The lyrics are well ahead of their time. Um, she was just precocious. And it's kind of the same tragedy in a way that plays out over and over again right. because the, the damage that's implicit in all of this is like so apparent but as like a i think she's 19 when this album comes out it's a mature album which yes. is like almost a tragedy in a way because it's like she should she not had be, to be so mature. artistically mature yet. but like isn't it so much easier and better and fulfilling uh when you do think that the artist is a well-adjusted person as opposed to i'm listening to an album that the record company took advantage of mm-hmm. and like she is like she's just crying out the entire time yeah. this just feels like a well-adjusted cool music person lord does yes I don't know because like she, I mean, it was only three years, but 16 to 19 feels like a long time for those kids. And like for a 19 year old to write an album about her drinking problems does mean the industry did her dirty. Drinking, pills, like Like, it seems like. So Mike forgot about when he was 19. (laughs) I truly have forgotten about when I was 19. (laughs) Because too much drinking. The record industry did me dirty. But I mean, it does. It sounds like someone who's like sober and thirty six, yeah. and like, and and she has always kind of sounded like that, and she's always gotten a lot of heat for looking older than she is. Mm. But the it 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 feels like there's too many miles on this album for someone as young as she is. Yeah. Books, do you agree that Lord sounds more mature than her age in this album? Oh, absolutely. I think there's a very. It's not just sonically, but lyrically. It surpasses what she had produced before. Oh, yeah. And it does have a tinge of sadness because 19 is still so young to be feeling emotionally these things and to be able to capture them in words. It's almost Are like we just all old as shit to be like, 19 is too young to feel heartbreak and get drinking it's not, problems. Well, no, because yeah. it's not <laughs> no. But usually it's it like takes like reflection. Dis- yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. years of reflection to capture that. So this means that, like at 15, she was feeling those things and 19, mm. she was able to put them into words. Ah, oh, shit. As a very mature 29-year-old, I walk around uh, <laughs> where teen... Okay, well, so much laughter. Uh, that was me. <laughs> I, uh, I walk around where teens hang out, like point at 19-year-olds and say, like, buck up, idiot. It's not that fucking bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to get way Best worse. Best years of your life. <laughs> uh, I also think that this album is impressive because she had a mega hit, right? Yes. Under her belt and didn't chase it. Like, right. I don't know if any of these are singles, you know? Yeah. They became singles, but they're not like, and Those obviously, types of, yeah. Well, that's what I think. Why Lord's interesting is because, like, obviously, there's always been teen pop stars, and she is not a Britney Spears. Like, she there, there's a, a control. And I'm not talking Britney Spears. I know we don't do that Be anymore. Careful, we all bro. apologize yeah, for yeah, what we that used way. to do. Mm. Uh, but but the, the the maturity and the the thought and reflectiveness in this album, the the our teen pop stars from our high school days, the elder people in the room are like out blows them away. Caitlin, yes, both of these albums in a way, could be described as dancey. Mm-hmm. How do they stack up on the Caitlin scale? Uh, well, I hadn't listened to Lord's album in a long time. So just replaying it again and hearing the album, I was also blown away by how old she sounded for being so young. 
um, and mature. And then the I feel like it holds up. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like 1985, some of the songs like Welcome to New York, it's like, okay, it's it's no longer cool anymore. It's like it was cool because the hype. This whole album, I feel like, could stand up as an album if it was mm. released today, and it would. I feel like it timeless. Then could be timeless. released today. Yes, indeed. I like it. Um, we're at Beyonce threw out some really cool bangers as well, <laughs> and the music videos were pretty fucking cool. And like Taylor Swift threw some crazy storylines in there. Everyone was talking about it. Pop culture was like, "Oh my god, who is this about? Who's who's Becky? Who's who is Becky? I don't know. Did we learn? I didn't look that deep. Is into it Taylor? It, to be honest. <laughs> It was weird. While Caitlin was talking, I could see Ryan starting to get in formation, which was crazy. This, I feel like, the what gives this the inside track is didn't it dominate its time? And like, I mean, this was like the entire cultural conversation. That question of who's Becky is just one of like the 100 questions that were constantly being discussed when this album was out. Mm-hmm. A couple of things, like personal things about this album is uh, this album came out on the weekend I proposed to my wife. Uh, the the one where she said yes, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about the other weekend. So we listened to it the other uh, the entire time, and not but like three weeks ago. I bought this album on vinyl, guys. So oh! this is in my collection, yes. Oh, Cassie. <laughs> and f- to do like the, a, a lot of the albums throughout this list are people being like, I'm not, Beyonce was so far into her career and still this is her most vulnerable open, but on Beyonce album. And at the same time being like, and here's the history of black folks in America with music and coach. It's like, how can you do both of those things at once? No. There's also like so many uh, pop stars, rap stars, and rock stars. Does that cover the only genres, the genres that matter, yeah, okay. Well, Beethoven. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that dog, yeah. yeah. Okay, he's good. Um, that gets that eventually get o- overwhelmed by their hype. Like they used to uh, have albums about like being poor and they were mm. relatable, and then they just all they do is they create music about how great they are. And they right. have that knowledge of how great they are, and I don't know. Like I've never seen her do this. I've just seen her like, oh fuck, I'm an even bigger icon than I was last time. So I'm going to live up to the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because both albums have a reason for coming out. Like this one has a story to tell and everything. And then Lords came out just because like, as we said, she wasn't chasing hits. It was, this was her, how she dealt with it. Mm -hmm. This was like, she just needed to put that out there. And this one needed to tell a story. So yeah, they both feel like I need to say this so I don't go insane. Yeah. Uh, Greg, it's voting time. I think for the reason I laid out, which is that it was just the biggest pop culture moment mm. of that year. I'm going to I'm going to give the edge to Lemonade. Fair books. I'm going to go personally biased on this one and which one I want to listen to more and that's actually Lord. So that's just a personal opinion. All right. Greg is braver. Mm-hmm. Thank he you. voted against his choice. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're brave too cuz the room's going to hate you now. Yep. <laughs> Ryan um, for me, it's uh, absolutely Beyonce, and I do real quick want to play the uh, title track. If oh, that's cool. This is Beyonce's doing a whole new thing here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is kind of like the Sting album he did, uh, and they they did the weird 1800s thing. This is that. This is the Chris Gaines of Beyonce's yes. career. Uh-huh. So brave to do it. <laughs> this is, if we're doing behind the curtains, this is big in the world of Pop Filter without never showing up on the Pop Filter podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this owned a summer. 
Caitlin. Yes. Who are you voting for? Um, I'm kind of here with books. Um, oh. I'm going with what I'm like more excited for the future and what I'm going to be continuing to listen to and, and loving. I'm going with Lord. I love when we get podcast divides. Cassie. <laughs> uh, for me, it's got to be Beyonce. And Beyonce takes it down. Again, closer than I thought. Lemonade moves on. This show is exciting. We're going to take a quick break and then <laughs> the excitement continues. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to Pop Filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show, that's Movie of the Year, and that's YourPopFilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye! Round one. Battle 7. Bombay Bicycle Club's So Long, See You Tomorrow. This band thought they would win longest album title on the bracket, not knowing the either wheel has a longer name. <laughs> I will bathe myself Then I'll wait for the night Colors Mm. Love those drums kick in. This album is going up against D'Angelo's Black Messiah. 14 years in between Voodoo and Black Messiah, and this album taught me he was more than just a man with what gave us a name for something better than cum gutters. <laughs> Uh, Greg, as the resident exerciser of this group, yes, I've heard that you can have arm days and leg days. Yes, can, can you have D'Angela days? Can you make those fucking babies pop? I'm guessing yes, but abs are not my joint for no. sure. And I think that that's something that you got to get down in the lower ab area. Greg, can you have D'Angelo Barksdale days where you think you're working for your uncle who loves you and then he gets you killed? <laughs> I hope not. This battle <laughs> work is for long-term friends of the show who could not be on today's episode. Co-host of MILF and lovely boy Tompkins pick Bombay Bicycle Club's So Long See You Tomorrow is the group's fourth album as they expanded their sound into world music doing a reverse vampire weekend, bleeding perfectly with their harmonies and indie rock bops. Taylor... Host of one's Hat News and the other, <laughs> I'll drink this root beer and rate it. And former superhero show show host, let me find my spot. Submission is D'Angelo's Black Messiah, which ended the R&B artist's 14 year hiatus with a funky laden modern ode to pre digital black music paired with topical and vulnerable lyrics. 
I want to dig into Bombay Bicycle Club, one of those bands that I had heard of forever and never listened to until the few weeks leading up to this, because uh, some people give you a band a week, and you're like, dude, I can listen to one of four, yeah. but it's it's not going to be every one. Uh, I liked Fleet Foxes, but thought they got too pretentious, and I loved Vampire City, Vampire Weekend, Vampire Weekend and uh, thought they were too yacht-based, and Bombay Bicycle Club, oh, fuck, do they go... <laughs> You want all that and also not feel bad about listening to us? Here's your album. Let me just say for Mike Gravano, him, to say this band is too pretentious. Like that, I don't, and therefore I don't like them. That, like, that is insane. Like, I, it, Fleet Foxes, uh, and then the, the Blues, I forget the full, that album is dope, but I think I cannot separate them from Father John Misty, who is pretension in a human meat sack like he cannot escape from it and that guy sucks so every time i think about fleet foxes i think about him yeah i'm not a fan yeah bombay bicycle club is one of those bands that you hear about a lot and i was like all right this will be a great opportunity to listen to them and it was like adjacent to stuff that i like and i can hear how Mm. it, it, it is like bands that i really like but i just i don't know why maybe i didn't give enough of a chance left me just a little cold yeah I mean, makes a lot of the same moves that like Vampire Weekend does or uh, a Decemberists and just, I don't know, didn't quite connect with me. Did you miss the voice that sings like this? Wait, I, I started Decemberists and went to Liza Minnelli and I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I do miss Liza Minnelli's voice. <laughs> Cabaret is a banger and always will be. You spitting straight facts there, Greg. <laughs> no, I want to just talk about Cabaret. Uh, D'Angelo's Black Messiah. Taylor cannot be here. Greg, why does it deserve to be talked about? I feel like if Taylor were here, he would say, this is a whole vibe. Oh, that sounds like Taylor. I thought uh, he walked in the room. It's essentially one long track um, that as much feels like a meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am not a huge R&B or funk fan, generally. Yeah. Uh, and not because I dislike them, but just because I can't legitimately call myself a fan of them. Right. But the way it's employed in this album to just set a constant mood Mm -hmm. and like a flow from beginning to end. If there was a drawback to it, it would be that nothing to me anyway stood out as like a, anything like a single or it's kind of like, this is like what we talked about earlier. Like you're either in for the whole thing or none of it. The other thing we talked about earlier was the Lord album coming out soon. Yeah. How that like when this album came out, the whole country was like, yeah, D'Angelo remember like he's so awesome, important. And all of us were probably born because that album came oh, out. Oh, yeah. It is sexy and it grooves. And so does this one. I think I can... You said there's not a real single, but I feel that cohesive. Like, I did not listen to this and go, this sounds like an ode to pre-digital African-American American music. Uh, read that for sure. But <laughs> I can feel that where it, it seems like it's telling the one story and everything weaves together. It is one long ass, like 45 minute, 55 minute story it's telling. And... One of my favorite albums of the last few years, uh, Fantastic. I always mix the album and the artist name. Fantastic Negrito's album, I do not think would exist without Black Messiah. It's definitely somebody went, oh, we're allowed to just go back to the 70s and do that now? I'm fucking doing it. And it grooves. Caitlin, Dance Queen. This yes. is a definitely two, I, I would argue, white people could dance to one of these albums <laughs> and black people could dance to one of these albums and refuse to dance to the other one. As the dancing expert, which one of these gets you down and dirty? Uh, I mean, personally for me, it's Bombay Bicycle Club. 
Interesting. Bombay. Yeah, 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 that's the name. Which okay. is an interesting way that you phrase that question to her because yeah. Bombay Bicycle Club, those initials are BBC. So, <laughs> good question, Mike. Yes, that's a great question that I understand. Keep going. <laughs> Greg, has Mike literally never watched porn? I, like, what the it, fuck, man? Every single week, you'll make Is some sort of reference to us? pornography that I laugh at, and he's like, gives us the real wide-eye look, <laughs> and I just pretend that I don't also know that it's about porn, so that maybe you will. Take he's it working on the one, still on the one VHS tape that his uncle gave him. It is <laughs> fun to freak you guys out with my innocence. Like, I could say the filthiest shit, you'd be like, hell yeah, but when I'm just like, I don't know what that yeah porn well, trend is, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's just very confusing. <laughs> But we'll tell you off air. Good, 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 good. McKenna, what's BBC stand for? <laughs> or you can talk about one of these albums. We're going to talk about one of these albums. Uh, <laughs> just casually avoid that. When I first listened to I, essentially all of the albums for this show, I did it on shuffle like a dumbass. Uh, but it seemed like the easiest way to just randomly get through a lot of songs. I had never listened to Bombay Bicycle Club. And D'Angelo's album, I think I'd only listened to a couple of times. First song I heard, I thought Bombay Bicycle Club was going to be an album that I was like, mm, this is definitely for me. Listening to them both a few times, D'Angelo's is just better. It is so much stronger. Um, and the more I listened to Bombay Bicycle Club, the less I liked it, which is an interesting mm. effect. I, I do think Bombay Bicycle Club, I it makes me want to rent a Schwinn and just fucking drive next to a beach. Not yeah. You drive a bike, right? Drive next to yeah, a beach, totally. like sipping a seltzer while I'm riding my bike. That is a perfect summer day. And D'Angelo's De- Black Messiah, you could be alone staring at the wall sipping whiskey. You could be grooving and moving, making some children. Like Ryan said, we were all made because of his last album. Like It does seem to apply to more. It sounds like a score to a movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that like on these bracket shows, we really try to not just say, the important one wins. Right. But sometimes the important one wins. Yeah, you know? there's definitely that too. When the important one also, I think, is fun, uh-huh. then it also wins. Because this isn't, I don't think this even leans, obviously most of us are Fiona Apple lovers, but I don't think this leans important and weird the way it would Yeah, it doesn't feel like homework yeah. or anything. No, right. it washes over and you're just like, fuck, this guy should make more albums. And it was so obvious that he's like, I'm more than just sexy. And you listen to the album like, Dude, you're still so sexy. Shut you the fuck up, history dude. sexy. I wish all my history lessons were given like this Nothing voice. is sexier than someone who's more than just sexy. Do you remember when your ninth grade history teacher was like, I turned history sexy? Like, yeah. Oh, he what a did, weird guy. Yeah, he got arrested. That guy, yeah, they, they got rid of him. But he was a good teacher. I got a lot of A's. His name? D'Angelo. <laughs> it is voting time. Caitlin, I think I know what you're going to say. I'm actually going to go with D'Angelo. Oh, shit. Because I can dance more to Bombay Bicycle Club, but I, I like, like Book said, I think D'Angelo is better. That's true. I put myself in a corner by asking you a specific kind of question of which one can you dance more to, and you fucking flip the script on me. <laughs> Chaos, always. Cassie. Yeah, I'm glad. I never heard of Bombay Bas- Bicycle Club before, though, so I was glad to like discover it, because it it's the perfect one to throw in a playlist. It's a perfect, like it can go in a lot of playlists, So, but it is going to be uh, Black Messiah, D'Angelo, for do, me. The way you said it, I also always want to say Bombay Blast by Mountain Dew's Bicycle Club. Ryan. Yeah, I like I want to back up what Cassie said. I think that it's awesome to have one that's not maybe a super contender, but still in here and we can yeah. talk about. Like that's what I think the bracket's all about, is just to put the album in here so we can say I do want to give props to Mike for coming up with what it's like, like a metaphor for listening to Bombay Bicycle Club. And his metaphor was like, it's like I joined a bicycle club. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was, oh, Schwinn is. Oh my god. Yeah, that was really good. But uh, no, it's D'Angelo. I'm a metaphorist. <laughs> I know what slant rhymes are, Greg. Yeah, glad we had a chance to cover Bombay Basketball Club, but definitely going to go with D'Angelo. Books. Uh, it's D'Angelo. Clean sweep. Though I cannot wait for the next month to house this album and then yell at all of you. Be like, I think we might have all been wrong. <laughs> and then you'll say, no, no, no. It wasn't up against 1989. It was up against Black Messiah. And I'm like, oh, you're right. I overreacted. <laughs> Not me. I'll just go, no. You, oh, man. We probably were wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what, too supportive, I'd say, Greg. Your weakness, you are too supportive. You're right. <laughs> Round one. <laughs> battle eight. Our second of two double artists. This is Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. I got a bone to pick. I don't want you monkey mouth motherfucker sitting in my throne again. I'm mad. But I ain't stressing. True friends. One question. For months, I could not, not walk in any room singing, What's the yams? <laughs> and it did give my family a tradition every Thanksgiving where they throw things at me when I say, Mom, where's the yams? <laughs> this is up against Adele's 21. Oh, to be 21 and to be able to play the piano this good. I could only play the Imperial Death March. <laughs> oh, to be this talented and have everyone talk about something different about you. To be this sad and have access to a phone so late at night. <laughs> found a girl to have an ex with the longest voicemail plan in the world. <laughs> Holy shit. What? This is the first battle where I own both albums on vinyl. Oh, oh, Ryan. <laughs> Finally, I get the credit I deserve. 2015's <laughs> album of the year, To Pimp a Butterfly, was Lamar's third album. Some involve his sound to include jazz, spoken word, avant-garde, West Coast rap, and more, while becoming more politically conscious than his previous efforts. 2011's album, the oldest album of the year since we've been doing this show, is Adele's 21, the Brit's love letter to American Southern blues, while wrestling with heartbreak, introspection, and forgiveness, and how much American media sucks for not just talking about her talent. While dealing with other things. Ryan, I find this very difficult because even in my head, these came it. out the same year <laughs> uh-huh. and were formative in, in no difficult in putting them in the context of the history of pop filter. I see, okay. Uh but no, it's not difficult because one came out four years later and it still feels like it helped our origin, even though nope, to pimp a butterfly is years, is years in rolling in the deep. Nope, that's 21. Talk about it. <laughs> uh, I do think that uh, there are times where we as a mainstream will find talent. You know, just we're like, oh, holy shit. Like, she is, she can really do anything. Like, uh, one of these people like uh, Whitney Houston or uh, Aretha Franklin, um, Jennifer Hudson, where like, we just want to see you go off, you know? Um, this album, Start to Finish, is a really good mix of like, Here's my here here are my thoughts, but mm-hmm. it's not like deep and dark. It's not Fiona or Lord. You know, it's right. still like on this level where like they became they became standards. Like yeah. almost like in a Frank Sinatra way. Yes. These became standards that like future Frank Sinatras, they will sing these songs. Um but <laughs> sorry, Adele. You know. 
the kind of the kind of songs that uh, you're like at karaoke and you're like, oh, that's a, I like that song. I could probably do it, this. You put it on as soon as it starts. People are like, oh wow, and you're like, oh, why is everybody? Oh, oh I no, I can't hit those notes. <laughs> no, why did live. somebody just light a fire in the corner of the room? I do like. There's a few songs on Twenty One where if you put it on in a private karaoke room, that everybody in the room will start stomping their feet and exactly just like, oh, I'm the star yeah. until you try to sing. Anybody want it? Let's more nice things about Adele because it's. I I think it's clear. I might be wrong. It, I it, think it's clear. I this is not a nice thing, but I this is. A, this <laughs> but is I got some shit to talk. It's just a le- to me. It's a less complete album. Like Ryan, you said, like tra- like from first track to last track. I feel mm. like per- personally, when I listen to it, I get fired up about like five different tracks, right? And then there's like ten additional, and like uh, it, her talent as a singer is like almost unparalleled yes. and so you will listen to her sing anything but it, with her greater songs like rolling in the deep i think you realize that there's more to her yeah and that's what you know that the energy comes through more in some songs than others whereas like to pimp a butterfly again this is one of these like totally holistic albums yeah and not because it sounds because everything sounds the same but because everything sounds different Right. Like, everything he's able to do... But still, like, of a piece. Yeah, it's yeah. in conversation with each other, which I heard smart people say about things. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's it's eclectic, right? Like, yeah. it, like, and he does that with his own voice, even. Yeah. And there is maybe a sameness to her yeah. B-sides that, mm. like, makes me, I don't know, tune out slightly. I mean, the other thing is that, like, she never intended to do a like think piece album you know right, like yeah. she did intend to do those like uh throw your lighter in the air sort of songs but uh, eventually we have to torch say that songs? like yeah torch song <laughs> right this uh, uh adele's album is so good and i loved it for like the nostalgia factor but i said this when it first came out and i still feel the same it is an album where if you're listening someone's listening to it in the next room over you will have a hard time distinguishing what exact song is playing for about five of the songs mm. <laughs> young mckenna was right what if mckenna was like uh and i said this when i first heard it uh in three years kendrick lamar will have a better album <laughs> <laughs> damn prophetic it, I, I do have to say though adele does have great songs to belt out in the car by herself and just feel and ball and she ball does, she is one of those songs where you could be in a happy mood and you start singing along and you're like why am i crying yeah. now <laughs> it does have like as a like a pop culture moment i guess everybody knew when this album came out like this was you were gonna get together and cry to it mm-hmm. yeah. like we had uh, in this time we were in our uh, uh dorm room and there would be a girls so they would be like tonight we're listening to adele and there would yeah. be there would yeah. be cry nights that yes. you would just like you had yes. a box of tissues and you put adele on and you cried in a room like that was as a cultural moment you just got together and cried to Adele it, it does feel like because around this time uh, Vampire Weekend was like remember Paul Simon in the 80s it, between her and Amy Winehouse and a couple other pop stars Lizzie Allen they were like remember there was women also had music in this era and I'm going to harken back to that and older and uh, like people so much talk about like the 80s and 70s revival and these pop stars were like, fuck that. No. We're doing the entire history of music on my album. <laughs> and I'm British, but you don't even appreciate American history. <laughs> so it is time to vote. Caitlin. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> wow. Hard. Kendrick. <laughs> Cassie. Kendrick. Ryan. Kendrick. Greg. To Pimpa Butterfly. Books. Kendrick. Clean, sweep to pimp a butterfly moves on, ending our first round. When we come back, the Elite Eight. Round two, battle one. And this one hurts. 
Run the Jewels 2 versus Dirty Computer. Ryan, I guess at this point we could say all of these albums have defined your pop filter at different times, but this feels like the hardest battle I've had to fight so far. Well, I bet the next one's worse. But um, so I guess this is a good time to talk about. We've talked a lot about like, I think it was Mac was talking about like Adele has five songs. Yeah. And as great as they are, that batting average is kind of low. Mm. Talk about. uh, So that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about uh, everything is one piece. And I think maybe because this is so close. You have to find like. I love your vagueness. I cannot tell which album you're thinking about. (laughs) You have to find nitpicks. And I think one of the issues here is that Run the Jewels. uh, They're so bad at naming albums that it's hard for me to remember which one is which. (laughs) Whereas when you say Dirty Computer, Mm -hmm. I just I know what that is. I know everything I went through. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just like I make fun of Caitlin in my brain. (laughs) uh, I think that I have to vote right now. You can, you may, and you will. Uh, I'm going with Janelle Monae. All right. Books. I'm also going Final with Dirty thoughts. Computer. Final thoughts. I'm the jewels. And- oh, I'm just voting. Damn. <laughs> no, I love it. You fucking did it, girl. That's fine. Okay, I need to start to cause some drama. I'm going to look around the room and guess. Sometimes you could just say, Ryan takes too long to talk, or you could just do what she just did, <laughs> yeah. which says it anyway. You don't have to talk shit. You can just show it with your actions. Caitlin. Uh, run the jewels. All right, Cassie. Yeah, I'm a I, I'm a sucker for run the jewels. It's always going to be run the jewels with me. I love that we are two to two. I'm trying to read Greg's body language. I don't know which way he'll go. And history of the show dictates that if Mike likes his pick, then that's the winner. And if Mike doesn't, then he'll just say I'm the host. And he'll just whatever he wants. I feel like the board had told me I'm allowed to use I'm the host. Two times throughout oh, all of the end I of love year rules. shows. Wow. I love rules. Okay. And I foolishly did it once before they slipped me that piece of paper. Oh, so that means you have two more then. As, yeah, as Ryan said, and a couple of us alluded to, it's not that there's any bad albums in this. Uh, but I do think there are a couple of the weaker Run the Jewels songs on this album, and that are skips that you would skip i feel so differently i never want to listen to the song dick in the mouth all day like ever again i'm <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sad that it exists but she has a rebuttal verse I she know, has her clayton yeah, in his mouth all yeah, day that's I a know, great relationship yeah i know that's just 69ing all day that's that's beautiful but uh i think there's an even more sex positive album than that and it's dirty computer i i will i, I get what you guys are saying this it might be too, too much. I love this Run the Jewels album. I think it's there. I do think it's their best album. I feel very differently about Dick in the Mouth all day uh, <laughs> and, and having one, honestly. Uh, but Dirty Computer, I, I think musically is the what is so I can't keep saying is the best album of the day. It is so fucking great and at what she blends and the princeness she brings. But going back, if you take a couple years off of Dirty Computer and go back, the goofiest, dumbest fucking lyrics sometimes on some of these songs. But the power of that guitar outweighs how silly her shit is. Over Run the Jewels? Yeah, but... Run the Jewels are capable of some silly, silly shit. And maybe there's a time where they, you can hear them smirking and laughing, especially if you watch videos of them performing, where her album is pretty straight-faced. It doesn't feel like she's like, isn't this stuff funny? No, yeah, there's a lack of irony there. Yeah, and you're like, can't you smirk? Can't you laugh at the dumb thing you just said? But You're wearing vagina pants. Come on. Dirty computer moves on. Next up, we have Fiona Apple's Fetch the Bolt Cutter versus. Oh, this is our. These our are the two double. artists who are on here. Double, double. Toil and trouble. Oh, 
That's trochaic rhythm, my friend, <laughs> versus Kendrick Lamar's damn books. Shit. Check them out. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with damn. Greg. Oh, man. It's never easy, is it? I'm going to go with, I'm going to say damn. Damn, Ryan. Uh, I feel like this is Fiona Apple's best album on the bracket and Kendrick Lamar's worst. So interesting. I think Two Pimp is so much better than Damn. And I do actually think that Bolt Cutters is better than Idler. So I'm going Fiona Apple. I agree with half of what you said, and I refuse to reveal <laughs> which half. Cassie. Same. I agree with some of those statements, but uh, it's going to be Damn. Caitlin. It's damn. Yeah, I don't even know if I need a if Fiona Apple's on the board if I have to have Caitlin vote. So wait, I, I didn't count at all. So we got it was all damn except for Ryan. Yes. yes. I guess so. Damn moves on. Mike forgot the word on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is moves in. It's gonna live with us now. Clearly Kendrick's weaker album is on those ones. Next up, you have, oh, she's back again. You cannot keep her down. Fiona Apple's The Either Wheel Ellipses versus Beyonce's Fuck Lemonade. Cassie, how you feeling? <laughs> uh, you know, on this one, I'm still going to stick with Beyonce. I just, I'm staying true. All right. Caitlin? Uh, I'm also going with Beyonce. Yeah, I just wanted to get that out of the way. Ryan? I, Hurts. I, I guess we're just going to fucking kick Fiona Apple out of the entire thing. <laughs> I'm going with Beyonce. Who invited the 20s oh, honestly? Yeah. <laughs> Greg? I have to go with, a, with an answer that is true to me, which is uh, this is my favorite Fiona album. Uh, Fiona, yeah, Fiona Al- Apple album. So I'm going to say Idler. So we got two to two. Books, it's on you. I'm with Greg on this. I'm going with the Idler. Holy shit. I did not want to use two of my three double host votes in one show. I know. But no, Ryan said the board slipped me out. Oh, okay. uh, but you know what? Fuck this. I've been keeping your fucking secret for too long. Mike has said to me multiple times in private, Pinky Sworn, he does not think Beyonce is good at music. That he is does not, not true. Under, he does not understand why Beyonce is popular. And now is the time to talk about it. so many artists that that is true. It is so weird for you to throw that in my face about. <laughs> Honestly, I just want. It, wouldn't it be cool to just. Be attacked by a, a fan base. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like that would be sweet. I just want that. It's too I want late. It's our... to dox me. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Probably. Dox me, Bayhive. <laughs> what if the FBI ran in right now? <laughs> <laughs> just took me out. Uh, Ryan thinks Uber's overrated. Doesn't get why she's been famous for decades. Fuck you. Did you say Uber? Yeah. yeah. yeah no, Uber, wait. We all think... hate Uber. <laughs> Ryan savagely takes down Uber. <laughs> he doesn't care what you think, listeners. So Fiona Apple, the other wheels, which I think is her better album. This moved on. Uh, next up is D'Angelo's Black Messiah versus Kendrick's To Pimp a Butterfly. Two socially conscious. One's R&B and groovy. One's very rapid. West Coast represent. And Where- again, I will repeat, uh, in brackets, we love socially conscious. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. man. We fucking Look, love that shit. we like to talk shit on like, the Oscars and the Emmys, oh, yeah. but we're suckers for it. This is our <laughs> Colin Firth is somebody from a different time period in a suit. Uh, For the, sure. The, the uh, thing that white people love the most is to ask, who's more socially conscious? They, <laughs> they fucking love that shit. Cassie. Who's uh, more socially conscious? <laughs> In this room, go. Oh, can I rate everyone down yeah, the line? Yeah, please do. <laughs> um, and look, remember, carrying a tiki torch in Charlottesville is still socially conscious. Okay. It's just uh, on the wrong side of the spectrum. Noted. Uh, if I'm actually going to vote, it's going to go to uh, to Pippa Butterfly. All right, Bucks. Uh, also go with two Pippa Butterfly. Can't fucking say it, but I like it. 
<laughs> Ryan. I I just I, I learned some stuff today and I just I would like to point out Cassie's bravery in even being able to say the title of this album. Yeah. That's so oh, big yeah. of her. She's uh, afraid of pimps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we learned today that Cassie's biggest fear over biggest anything fear. else. Murder, meteors, whatever, is butterflies. Uh, Murder by meteor. But she listened to this album bravely, and it's absolutely to pimp a butterfly. Greg? Yeah, it's definitely to pimp a butterfly. Caitlin? Yes! Not only is this, I do think, the better album, it definitely defines both our 10 years and the world's 10 years more than Black Messiah. So that moves on. That is the end of your second round. Ryan, tell them where you're from. <laughs> Straight out of Compton. Uh, this is one of the few albums on the bracket where uh, Mike, me, and you, and everyone we know, everyone else we know, uh, was like we're like counting down the days to the release. Yeah, you know, like uh, albums just come out. You know, you right. listen to them or you don't. But like this was like two weeks, dude. Two, two weeks until this comes out, and it was because like Good Kid, Mad City. I was like, oh, this this kid's pretty good. And then there was the, there's just that bubbling. Where you're like, I cannot wait. It's just like the world shook. So when you heard. Good Kid, Mad City. You said this kid's pretty good, but you did not say that this city's pretty mad. No, you did not. The city's the city comes off as pretty mad. It is pretty mad. I've been to Los Angeles. It's fine. I don't know how mad it is. That is your second round. Round three is oh (laughs) Janelle Monae's Dirty Computer versus Kendrick Lamar's Damn Books. Dirty Computer. Oh, that's fun, oh. Greg. Yeah, dirty computer for me as well. Ryan. It's dirty computer. Cassie. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I forgot to spend like three minutes talking about why. <laughs> oh, you, no. you pulled everybody else. Oh, no. <laughs> Cassie. Uh, damn. Uh, I'm also going damn. Two dams, three dirty computers. We can't have a Kendrick on Kendrick battle for this. Dirty we can't. We can. That would be we very pop filtery, but dirty computer moves on. It just—it's the most pop filter album, honestly. Also, this will <laughs> prevent us from having to be like, okay, now which one was on which album? Hang on. <laughs> well, if it's in all caps, yeah. it ends with a period. It's on damn. I remember when it came out. I spent an entire night when to pimp came out. I spent an entire night memorizing every single word of the title. It was, just, oh. it was a crazy night. To pimp a butterfly? <laughs> yeah, I have it memorized now. What do it right now? To pimp a butterfly. Oh shit! <laughs> to pimp a butterfly. I took. Crap! It, on, I'm not as good as Ryan. It took 48 hours to remember his his l- last album. Damn! <laughs> Your next battle is damn an acronym, right? What is it? An acronym. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fiona Apples and this I did not memorize. The Either Wheel versus Kendrick Lamar's "To Pimp a Butterfly." Caitlin. Oh, Kendrick. Yeah, get that out of the way, Cassie. <laughs> get it out of the way, Kendrick. Ryan. It's Kendrick. Greg. I'm going to use my vote for Fiona Apple. Brave and bold. I was on vacation with my wife when I got this CD, and it will forever sound like Maui. I get that. Yeah. So I, I have to vote for that one. Oh, shit. Nico Case isn't on here? That's crazy. That album was so good, too. She has a song about Yeah. yeah. Nico Case <laughs> should win. McKenna, we're going to get started over again. Okay. All right. Books. Uh, it's Kendrick. What are we going? That is... Kendrick Lamar all the way. I would have voted Fiona, even though I do think this is the best Kendrick Lamar. This is almost so good. All right. Your final battle is to pimp a butterfly versus dirty computer. It was always obviously maybe going to end up versus these two. <laughs> Honestly, it's so crazy. When I looked at the 16 albums in the bracket, I was like, this is impossible. We'll never figure it out. It'll probably take hours. And it did. And it did. <laughs> but 
looking at it now, the answer was so clear the entire time. Like, from start to finish, I think. It just, I didn't realize until right now. All right. It's He's Vampire Weekend. Not going to vote yet, <laughs> Greg. Yeah, this is probably the two, two of the most standout albums. Uh, there was like a 90% chance that we were going to get Kendrick Lamar or um, Fiona Apple in the final. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think for me... You can say pass and think about it. It's got to be, it's going to end up being Kendrick Lamar. I think that it, it, it's a hard thing to put anything over Dirty yeah. Computer, but especially when I think about the context of like, if the, if the Enterprise is picking an album that really represents us, I yeah. think there is more unified thought on this than mm. on Dirty Computer. And I think that Kendrick Lamar is an artist walking away with it makes a ton of sense as well. Books? This one's really tough, but. I think I'm going to have to go with Kendrick Lamar as well. Cassie? Yeah. Over 10 years, Kendrick deserves it. I'm going to go Kendrick. Ryan? <laughs> like, to put it into sports terms, it's like a... Oh, good. Now I can finally understand the show. <laughs> uh, like, you had an incredible college career or whatever, but mm-hmm. then you were drafted high. You know, so like, now we're all looking at you. Now what are you going right. to do? And the fact that this this is what he did yeah. after, like... Sophomore slump, fuck you. So it's it's not just like how incredible it is, but like the pressure and just like uh, just such a home run. Basketball, baseball. I said them both in that. Uh, it's so Kendrick. Uh, I'm uh, I'm also going Kendrick. <laughs> is this because I have a bad instant memory recall? Clean sweep, Kendrick Lamar's to pimp a butterfly. Yeah. Nobody has a bone to pick with that. I also always had my money on this album taking it because I know how some people feel about Fiona Apple. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess maybe I didn't consider that. That uh, so many Apple haters in here, but uh, <laughs> they're more bananas. Uh, I really like. Now it seems so obvious, but like I didn't see this coming. But yeah. this is such the clear choice. And if somebody was like, "Pop filter music, go!" I just be like, uh, "I got a bone to pick." <laughs> uh, it, it really is the album that defines the ten years. And if we um, had to do three. It would be Fiona, Kendrick, and Run the Jewels, right? Like those are the three. I, the, if we're doing artists, groups of the last. I do years. think nobody knew about any of them before we said, "Hey guys, you should listen to these three <laughs> young, up and coming children." And if we have to do four, I feel like Newfound Glory's cover songs <laughs> come up a lot too. That so. is, no matter what year they came out in, we will always bring them up. And behind the curtain, the Menzingers is a pretty good band. You guys should come, maybe because they're from Philadelphia. But I say. Check them out. Boo. No. Wait, that city sucks. <laughs> Books. What do you got to plug? Oh, shit. I want to plug our own show. If you're looking for some chaos and a lot of Caitlin, a lot of Cassie, a lot of me, that's Unnatural 20s. That is the Unnatural 20s at Unnatural 20s on Instagram, on Twitter, on wherever you get your podcast. You've heard all of our plugs. Thank you so much. I assume all of you have joined us throughout these last 10 years. We're going to keep doing... These anniversary shows throughout the summer. Until then, keep listening to those albums and buying them on vinyl. Woo!